Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Smart Garden here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Denny Long here, and we are joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hi, Teresa. Good morning. Nice to see you. It is good to see you. Pull that mic up a little bit closer to your, uh, more like a horizontal. There you go. We We want you loud and clear. Loud and clear. All right. Well, you and I were talking before. By the way, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to chat with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney by phone or by text, same number. And that number is 651-989-9226. So you walk in and I say to you, here it is. It's going to be 43 today or near it. I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for spring. And uh, a lot of folks, even beginning gardeners. We're all ready for spring. Yeah. And uh, so what, what, what are your thoughts? What can you do on a weekend like mm-hmm. this? So it's, so it's going to be so beautiful out. So what you can do is make sure your sidewalks are shoveled, but you can also go out there and you can be checking your shrubs. Um, you know, if there's any rabbit damage or deer damage, you can think about protection or cleaning up the, the broken. Then you can be doing a lot of pruning on your fruit trees and your elms and a, um, ashes. What oaks. about oaks? That's yep. good. Mm-hmm. It's, still, it's only February, it's so It's only February, it's so we good. don't have a lot of insects out there. We don't have any insects out there, knock on wood. So you can go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. So it's a good time. It's a good time to see the shape of your trees. If you see, start yeah. seeing a bunch of dead wood up there, you know, dead needs to come out. So if it if you have to climb on a ladder with a um, a, 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 something to, to like, a, what am I trying to say, those... Like a, a, a chainsaw. Chain- chainsaw. That's okay. not a good idea. No. No. I would call, call a professional. Leave it to the pros. Get a, a certified arborist in. Have them look at your trees. You can really see the structure of your trees That's and shrubs now. So now's a really good time to look and say, you know, do and those things you're looking to prune, um, you know, are the bush are the branches headed back toward the center of the plant? You want to prune those out. If you have crossing branches, you prune those out. Anything that's dead, you prune that out. So you can be doing that anytime now. So if you have any kind of question, even if you have a lawn question, even I can't lawn see my question. lawn yet. Yes. <laughs> but uh, after a weekend like this, uh, we just might see something. You know, and speaking of lawns, they, um, the state is doing a, la- a lawns to legumes program. And, What's uh, that about? Th- there, there are some um, grants available, too. What they're trying to do is um, protect our pollinators. And so where they know that the pollinators need protection or where they might see like the rusty patch bumblebee or anything like that, you can actually get a grant from the state in limited counties to actually convert some of your lawn into legumes like clover and things like that. Mm. And you can still walk on it. You can still mow it. But it's just more bee-friendly and more pollinator-friendly. And it looks pretty with the little white flowers and, 
you know, it's really have we, nice. And we kind of turned the, no, I shouldn't say turn the corner, but it seems like over the last few years, people have been made aware of the need for these pollinators. You know, that's really. And they're doing um, something pe- about it. People are really, it's amazing that um, with with the, everybody thinking about the butterflies, they're now suddenly realizing how important the bees are. And we're seeing it a lot that people are really interested in the pollinators. They're putting a lot of pollinator-friendly plants. They're thinking about their gardens in another way of not a, a chemical feast, but a way of what can I do to make this as healthy for everybody, including the pollinators, as possible. And in fact, when we did a, a survey of our interns coming in, I believe pollinators was their most in, important thing that they mm. were interested in. So That's, I was thinking it would be vegetables or, or local food or something. That was on there, but pollinators were number one. Where do we stand as far as the, the year, uh, as far as Master Gardener programs are concerned? Um, the Master Gardener, the interns are all, they should be, well, the ones that went to class at the ARB, they're done now. I believe they're done. Um, and the other ones, they have time to f- online. So they have time, to, I think, till May to finish their classes. But I'd say get it done sooner, guys. Don't wait that long. And now we're starting to, to start presenting and things like that to, to our to our. Community. You've been a master gardener for a while yourself. Since the beginning of time, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Have you seen a change in that? Uh, let's say the demographic of uh, people that want to be master gardeners. I have seen. Yep, we're getting some younger people in. We're getting more men in, which is good because yeah. it shouldn't be a bunch of old gray-haired ladies like me. <laughs> we need everybody in there. You know, we we're trying to diversify more, so we're trying to reach some of those underserved communities. So so we can be more representative of who's actually in our community. That's who should be the master gardeners. The, that's a good point. All the people in the community. That's how we should be reflected as a master gardener group. Well, as I said earlier, if you want to chat with a master gardener, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, Teresa Rooney is uh, here for to, to, to help you out by phone or by text. 651-989-9226 is the number to use for either a phone call or a text message. What's going on at the Arboretum? I didn't look. Um, oh, and there's always <laughs> something. There's though. always something going on out there. I think they have the still the tropical show is going on or the unusual flowers or whatever they call it. Burst of spring, spring color. I'm sorry. I should have looked that up this morning. Well, I, I surprised you. you know, and, yeah, and I didn't bring my book in, like my catalog or my, my newsletter. But the, yeah, so they've got a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of uh, different areas you could look at, like Northwoods or tropical plants and things like that. So that's a lot. You know, you could walk the, um, the uh, three-mile drive. This would be a great weekend. This would be a great weekend to go out there and walk or maybe even cross country if it's okay. It's kind of going to be heavy on the snow. But, you know, get out there, um, you know, check it out. And there's so much going on. And if you love to read or you love to read interesting garden books, they have a library out there. And so check the times. But that that library is absolutely fantastic. And it's a great place even just to hang out and watch winter go by. Speaking of reading, do you, uh, as a master gardener, look at them? Because we talked about seed catalogs mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is there anything that you can start growing inside? It's a little early, early. to be starting most February. things. right? It's only February. And I know we all want to start because we want our plants big. But the problem with having that is we don't have the good lights in our house. So your plants get tall and skinny and lanky and they flop over. So so you want to wait, you know, check out, you know, your, when is your frost date? Is it May 10th, May 12th, May 20th? Check out the frost date in your, na- in your area. Then look at the seed packets and they'll say, you know, start this, you know, a month before frost date or a month before you're going to set out the plants. Now, your tomatoes, you're not going to put out till, me- till Memorial Day. 
Um, that's the safest because the ground's warmed up. If you put them out too early, nothing's going to happen, and they may die. Or they may not do anything all year for you. So putting out your tomatoes early does not help. So, I mean, you can start plants and then just keep repotting them in bigger pots. That's an awful lot of work. It is. And most of us don't have all that space in our home. You know, and your spouse and family probably don't want all these plants on the ki- on the dining room table when they're trying to eat. You know, and <laughs> they can't eat because you've got your little gotta have space. You've for got it. your little greenhouse going on the dining room table with lights and everything. So, so yeah, so just wait a little bit on the starting of the seeds. There are some seeds that you probably should have started in in December. Um, things like I believe petunias and lysianthus take a long time to okay. to germinate. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We, we're getting more text messages. Excellent. And if you do have, uh, if you want to chat with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call in your question. 651-989-9226. Again, uh, uh, you can send a text if that's easier for you. 651-989-9226. All right. Let's take a bit of a break here. We have a more show to come. It's our Smart Garden Show. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Roney, call it in or text it in. I see we have cleared the line, so if you have a question you want to use by phone, 651-989-9226. And, Teresa, we have texters. Excellent. That's the same number, as a matter of fact. And that's the number you all have programmed on your phones, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Speed dial. We Speed dial it on your phones, yep. Texter says this, can I move... You gotta have to help me with this. Martagon lilies. Martagon did I say that right? Mm-hmm. You did say that right. And Oriental lilies in the spring, or do I have to wait until fall? You can move them in the spring or the fall. The martagons bloom. Um, it depends on when they bloom too. So the earlier they bloom, uh, move them as quickly as as possible. And I would suggest on all lilies that you're that you're moving that you dig down deeper than you think they are because they work their the bulbs work their way down. Um, so you might plant them at six inches, but they may wind up at eight or ten inches, mm. and you don't want to be cutting those. So dig down deeper than you think, and out further in case they've multiplied. All right. And I love martagons. They're you they're do. a lily that grows in the shade. In the shade. In the shade. So if you like ornamental oriental lilies and things like that, or or the old fashioned tiger lilies, think about a martagon in the shade. Are they pretty easily found? They're easily found. Um, you can get them uh, usually at the lily sale. You can get them. The bulbs are kind of spendy, um, but, you know, I'm in Minnesota, so everything's spendy, which is how we roll here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they're easily, they can be easily found. You can get them online, too. Okay. They're, you, you're going to find them as bulbs, usually. Martagon. Martagons. Okay. Another text says this, uh, Teresa, I have an old rock garden on a steep hill. Can I add a little soil and sprinkle in wildflower mix to help erosion and add color? Yeah, add so I wouldn't add soil. I'd probably add a little compost and then maybe a little mm. soil. But sure, yeah, and sprinkle in some flowers. Um, now, do you have to make sure that you're getting the wildflowers that are going to be suitable for that area that can handle a more arid alpine location because that's probably a raised area and with really good drainage. Okay. But, yeah, you want something to hold the soil there. You know, we should mention, too, something else to do during the wintertime, really any time of the year, is to get on the university website. Extension dot or yeah, extension dot edu dot com. Extension dot umn dot edu. Am you I know, right, Denny? Denny? Yeah, Teresa's going home now, so I hope you can handle <laughs> no, no, the no, rest no. of the I just show. want to make sure we're clear. <laughs> Extension dot umn dot edu. Okay, oh. uh, I don't know where my, I haven't had any coffee yet. Uh, that's that's where I'm going. With that well, we'll one. fix you up with that yeah, for sure in okay. a few minutes. Now uh, that it really is, uh, you talk about a labor of love. The you and your colleagues that are uh, some of whom are on this station. Mm-hmm. 
They put in a lot of work they, on that. I didn't put in any work. I can't take but any they credit. Do. They do a lot of work on it. Um, I know Julie and, and Mary work on it hard, and there's a lot of contributions. They have a newsletter that you can sign up for, uh, so that can come to your inbox. And there's just so much information on there, and, you know, you can get lost in it. There's landscaping information. There's lawn. There's gardening information. There's all kinds of – you can ask a Master Gardener question on there. That's right. So you can go right to the Ask a Master Gardener button and click on that and – there's all kinds of information on there, and it's really it's a treasure. It's a Minnesota treasure. And I think too that uh, that that website I think has had, I may be misquoting things here, but the more hits, more views mm-hmm. than really any other uh, university website in the country. Well, that's it. That's very possible. Millions. That's of, very possible. It yeah. has, and and they just keep getting more all the time because they're revamping it. Yeah. And, and they're trying to upgrade it and keep it current and and give you what you need to know. And then you can always dive deeper in on if you just need a quick overview of something. But then there's links to dive deeper if you want to dive deeper into whatever you're thinking of and really get lost. I remember one time. Then we'll get back to the text. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a certain type of tree. What kind of tree would be good for this area or for that area? Sure. Boom. They've got They've got it the, right there. Yes. They've got it right there, you know. And, and if you're going to plant a tree this year, the first thing I want you to do is go out to where the tree is and look up or where the tree is. There's wires. You want to plant a short tree. Get to the arboretum Get to for the that. Arboretum. You're going to see stuff as see it's what, growing. You can yeah. see what the tree will look like in yeah. winter. Because sometimes it's hard to see. You see a Kentucky coffee tree in the middle of summer it, or, or, um, or a catalpa in summer. They look totally different in winter. And just because they have, they have you know, comp- compound leaves, it looks totally different. So you want to know what you're getting into. Here's a, oh, this is a different slant on Creeping okay. Charlie. You just mentioned brief uh, a bit ago that clover is good for bees. Is Creeping Charlie any good for bees? Creeping it, Charlie would has, be good for bees because it has little it? flowers on uh, it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. How yeah. about that? How about that? I don't and know it's if a I want brown cover. I don't want to. Well, I guess it's okay. It's okay. It's okay in its right spot. In, it, right. You know, and you you can't buy it because it's very aggressive, but you can get it very easily if you want to. All right. If you have any kind of a lot of garden question, a lot of folks find it easier to uh, send Teresa a text. That number is the same as the phone number, 651-989-9226. All right. Teresa, what are your favorite flowers for hummingbirds? Came from Avon, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Hmm, hummingbirds. You know, they actually do like petunias. They like flowers that are funnel shaped, like a funnel, because their little their little beaks and tongues have to get in there. And red will attract them. So if you have funnel shaped flowers that aren't red, you know, hang a big red bow around. Um, hang something bright red, and that will attract them. The best thing you can do for for any of our pollinators or or hummingbirds is to have a, a nice, healthy ecosystem for them. So don't be using a lot of bad chemicals and mass your flowers. So a whole bunch of flowers will attract the birds or the or the hummingbirds. If you just have one little, you know, petunia or, or whatever, that's only going to, that's not going to attract them. I mean, they need to, you've got to make it worth their while, you know. What about monarch butterflies? What's what do they like? They like um, a certain. They, I can't remember the, the monarchs name. love all kinds of uh, flowers that have pollen, but they only can lay their well, they can lay their eggs anyway, but they only will lay their eggs on the uh, milkweeds. Milkweed, that's, that's the milkweed family, because the the youngs, the young caterpillars, they can get sick and die from it too, but they are better able to handle the sap of the milkweed, the poison in the milkweed. Um, that that sap, they can actually handle that. They could get poisoned by it, but for the most part, they don't. Um, but they're able to handle it, so it's a, a protection. I was thinking of this is a little off the subject, but uh, on the topic of uh, of uh, butterflies. 
uh, those particular butterflies mm-hmm. that go to uh, Michoacan, Mexico. Yeah, right? it's amazing. A friend of mine took his family, this is probably two or three years ago, mm-hmm. to there. They had to fly there. They had to get wow. a, a horse. They had to walk. So wow. they took like three different sure. types of transportation sure. to get up there to, to there. see this And it's only in one part of, of Mexico. Yeah, it's Michoacan. only one small yeah. Uh, forest Can you valley. imagine the sight? I guess it was unbelievable. I, I, you know, I've seen pictures and they don't do it justice. No, I'm it's sure, true. To, to the beauty, the ma- the the magicalness. It's true. Magicalness. I'll take that. <laughs> okay. All right. Six five one. We also nine. make up words here. <laughs> yes, we do. Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever works. Uh, Texas says I overwinter geraniums and some are getting very tall. When's the best time to cut them shorter? What length are they to be cut down to? You know, you can cut those back as far as you want to because we're only in February and that's March, April, May. They've got a good three months yet in your house. Give them a little more light so they're not as lanky. Um, But you can cut them back pretty hard. And as they as they start to grow up again, give them a little growth and then cut them back to a, a leaf axle where it will hopefully branch out and give you a bushier bush, a bushier plant. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Okay. Uh, Sue, I believe, is calling from uh, Shoreview. Sue, you're on CCO. Hi, Sue. Hi. Um, what do I do with my Carl Foresters in the spring? Okay. All you, the Carl Forester, that's a grass. It's an ornamental grass. It's a calamagrostis, a warm, I'm sorry, uh, a cool season grass. So you need to get out there as soon as possible and cut that back. The reason I say as soon as possible is because if you can imagine how quickly our lawns green up with our Kentucky bluegrass, which are also cool weather grasses, that's how quickly your Carl Forrester will green up. And that's not a problem. It's just when you start pruning, then you're pruning the green grass. So cut back your ornamental grass, uh, especially Carl Forrester, pretty early as soon as the snow goes. I would try that. Hmm, all right. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. And you're just cutting back the dead stuff. And you can use a weed backer, your shears, whatever you want to use with that. Very good. Sue leaves that line open if you want to call in your question for uh, Teresa, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's see. Here's another text. I have, oh, it's jumping. We're getting more by it's leaps and bounds text, here. jumping not yes. to be confused with jumping worms, which you do not want in your No, garden. no, no. I have about 50 daffodil bulbs, Texas has stored in an unheated shed this winter. Will they be viable to plant sometime this year? They came from Bob and Bemidji. Hmm. Well, it depends. Um, What I'd probably try to do if you can, Bob, is at least if you can pot them up in some pots and start watering them, hopefully then at least they can get some roots on them. They may not bloom, but then as soon as possible in the spring, plant them out. Um, They may or may not make it. because they weren't planted, they might have dried out. They might have frozen. You just don't know because they weren't protected. If they're mushy, they're dead. So I'd bring them in the house, let them warm up a little bit. If they're mushy, they're dead. Plant them into pots and then put those pots out back in your unheated garage and then sink and then repot in the spring as soon as you can. Very good. Uh, this texter wants you to talk about transplanting cactus. Do it very carefully. Why is that? Because they have pokies on oh, them. Oh, <laughs> I thought, I thought they were There's delicate. Teresa, I'm here all week. Okay, um, so all you have to do, cactus have very shallow root systems. So what I would do is either get like some leather gloves or even some cardboard, um, and you actually can, can like pick it up with a piece of cardboard and take it out and plant it in the soil again, um, give it a good drink of water. It's They are hard to work with because they have thorns on them, and that's they just have the thorns. And okay. So you just, yeah. But you can easily transplant them. They have short roots. So it's not a problem. Very good. 
Let's grab a call here before we take our bottom of the hour break for uh, Weather Borgie's calling from Anoka. Good morning. You're on uh, CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We have some older Wygelia bushes. Can I cut them down all the way and will they come back? They should come back. I would I would um, go to the extension.umn.edu website and double check. They bloom early in the spring, so they're not a spring bloomer. Um, so you can cut them down, uh, and you can go pretty far back. Um, I, I don't know how quickly they'll rebound for you, but if they've got a big old rootstock, there's a lot of energy in that rootstock, and as soon as they start to come, become active in the spring, they'll send up a bunch of growth. I'm not sure exactly how much, but yes, you can. You can. That's called renewal pruning. Okay. Hang on, Teresa. We're going okay. to take a break. We'll have a look at that forecast. Keep in mind, Teresa is going to be here for about another half hour. So don't wait if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question. Call it in or text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out by phone and by text. We do that every week. We do that every week because yes. we love you. <laughs> and you're the expert. <laughs> The Master Gardener is with us uh, th- this morning. So call it in or text it in. Same number again, 651-989-9226. Teresa, let's go to the phones. Uh, Joanne is calling from New Prague. Joanne, you're on CCO. Good morning, Joanne. Hi, good morning. Just calling. We had a large evergreen tree r- removed from our yard, and it's mulched all around it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get rid of the mulch, but we want to replant something there, but not a tree, shrubs or flowers, but we're worried about the acidity of the soil because it was just mo- removed late in the fall. Sure. Um, did you have it, uh, the, the stump uh, drilled out? No, he no. left the stump okay, in perfect. and he cut it flat because he's going to put our bird bath back on the stump. That's that's the perfect thing to do. I like that. Okay, so, so, that, so that takes care of some of the problems that I would have thought we would have. Okay, so all you really have to worry about is that that soil is really low in fertility right now. You don't have to worry about acidity or anything like that. That's not going to be an issue. But just because the pine was there for so long, um, it's taken a lot of nutrition out of the soil. So what I would do is um, pull back your mulch. When you plant your shrubs, you can go ahead and plant any shrub that's accurate, that's good for that spot, whether it's a sun or shade situation, how big it's going to be, the shape, and what you want. And just add a bunch of compost in when you replant it. So pull out the pull back the mulch, dig up the hole, um, it, with the with the pro, uh, soil you've taken out of the hole, mix a bunch of compost in there. Um, fill the hole with water. Let the water drain. Then put in your shrub. Plant it at the correct depth. Um, backfill with the with the pro, um, the mix of soil and compost, and then give it another good drink. And then keep giving it nice good drinks um, until they're established. And that's all you have to do. The reason you fill the hole up first with water is so that the hole and the soil around it is nice and moist so that when you give it its real drink of water, that water stays for the roots of the shrub. But you don't have to worry about acidity. Just get the fertility back up with a bunch of compost. Very good. Thanks, Joanne. Long answer for a a good question. Good luck with that. A texter says, uh, I had an arborist over this week asking about topping my Techni Arborvita, which are about 20 feet tall. He said, it's okay to do it at this time of the year. It's it's okay. I don't know if I would suggest it. If you have to because it's getting too tall, it's getting into the power line, something like that, that's that's when you have to do it. If you're just doing it because you think you have to, you don't really need to. And if you're doing it, you can do it now. But topping a tree is never a good thing. You want You want whatever tree and shrub you've planted to be able to grow to its full height. Um, if it's in the wrong place, maybe it's time to think about replacing it with something that's not going to get... 
26 feet tall if that's too tall. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. 651-989-9226. That's the text number and the phone number. Uh, Texter says this. I have two blue spruce trees that are 15 years old on the north side for the past several years. The needles are dying and falling off, and it is getting very thin. They are uh, brown rust. Mm-hmm. And they fall off, but occasionally in the spring there will be new buds on the south side. What should I do with these trees? You know, um, to be honest with you, our summers are a little too humid for the blue spruce. Um, they usually will last, you know, 15 to 30 years, and then they just get a lot of rhizosporineal cast and other diseases, and they just go downhill. Um, you know, you can have an arborist look at it and see if there's a treatment if you want to go that route. Otherwise, it may be time to consider putting in a different uh, different evergreen. Some people say Black Hill spruce, but now even that, that might be having a little bit of problems. We're not sure. So I would definitely go to the uh, extension.umn.edu website and, and look in there what is a really good um, evergreen for a big tree for you, for your particular area. Um, that's yeah. yeah yeah and and trees pines lose needles normally um they and cuz the needles only live from 3 to 7 years each needle so that's normal to see some death and it's normal to see them fall to the ground if you've ever walked through a pine forest it's covered with pine needles that's normal but you don't want the tree to be looking thin all right send a text or make the call 651-989-9226 Dexter says, what do you know about wood mulches from big box stores? Could they harbor insects and disease? You know, anything's possible. I've, I've heard stories. Um, I don't know whether they're like myths or anything, but um, if you get a reputable uh, a store, you know, ask the managers, um, you know, work with reputable companies that works. Um, otherwise, go to your local store. They have a lot more skin in the game to make you happy and make sure that what you're getting is good. But it's always possible. I'm not sure. It depends on how they treat the mulches coming. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's, that's good advice. Yeah. It's talk just to the people talk who know. Talk to the people who know. And, and if you can, I'm not trying to pull business from the big stores, but if you go to your, your local store, you can really get that, that manager, that owner, will really know what is happening on the floor with the with the um with the product yeah. and, and they'll give you good advice and then you can ask them, what do they think? And, you know, see, we'll see if they've heard of problems. Sure. I've never experienced the problem and I don't know if the problems are real, but I've heard stories. Very good. Is it possible? Texter says to add too much compost to a vegetable garden. No, I don't think so. I, I, I no, because no. Um, I, so uh, probably not. I would say no. Compost is wonderful. All right. And again, if you want to get on that website, it's uh, extension.umn.edu. I'm going to have that um, tattooed on my hand because obviously I can't remember it. Dexter wants to know, can I prune my hydrangea today? Sure. That's not a problem. Sure. Go ahead. Because this is evidently, you know, this. If you want to prune, go ahead. For trees Trees and and shrubs shrubs and and all of that. And we're at the end of February. Well, yeah, it's close enough to the end of February. March is coming up. You know, bask, uh, what is it, hockey? Fine, hockey yeah, yeah, all the, all the so, uh, yeah, so tournaments. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, the texter wanted to mention, and I'll have to scroll back here, uh, that lily that you mentioned. The about, Martigans. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you spell that? You know? M as in Mary, A-R-T-A-G-O-N. Martigan. Martigan. Martigan mm-hmm. lilies. That's yeah. the one you really like. I, I like, well, because I have a lot of shade. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's where they grow. And, and the, they come up really early in the spring, like your Carl Forrester grass. So you have like this big clump of green, thick leaves that look like big, thick grass. And then the um, the flowers come up like four, three to five feet above that. So it's really pretty and that's just me rhapsodizing about Mardigan lilies. Right. Back to reality. I've never heard of them before. Yeah. But then I'm not the master gardener, and you yeah. are. And you have a lot of sun. You don't have a super that's, lot of yeah, shade. Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this text kind of rambles on here, so let me see if I can't piece it together. I planted a swamp oak 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Two seasons ago, it looked... It looked... Bad. <laughs> uh, diseased. Okay. was losing leaves, and leaves were turning brown in the middle of the season. Last season, it did not produce leaves on 50% of the tree. Is this oak wilt? Is there any remedy? Will it possibly rebound this year? Is it time to remove it? This is time to call your arborist. You want to have a certified arborist. You know, big trees, uh, I, I hesitate to diagnose over the phone because trees are they're such an emotional input, and they're a big financial input and, and beauty in your landscape. So if you have a question on your tree, um, I can't stress strongly enough, either talk to your local city forester who won't do any of the work but could diagnose it or, or get a certified arborist in there to look at your trees. You know, you go to the doctor once a year, maybe have the certified arborist come out once every three to five years and just look at your trees. And we've said it before, we have many good certified We have wonderful certified, certified arborists, arborist. yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. We do. We need to take a break. Okay. Here's a quick one. If you uh, have a lawn or garden type of question, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226 uh, for the call or the text. We'll be back with more here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. This, uh, we are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to the good folks like Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener. Uh, Mary is in here, Mary mm-hmm. Meyer, Julie Weisenhorn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you guys are great. Really, uh, listeners love it. I think it's one of the high points of uh, of the week, as a matter well, of fact. Well, we all love doing it because yeah. we're kind of or, we're kind of gardening geeks. We, <laughs> we have this, you know, okay. and, we, and we're glad we're you addicted, are. So you guys are helping us feed our addiction. We appreciate that. That's cool. All right, nice trade off. All right, uh, there's a line open if you want to call in your question six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Jenny's calling from uh, Blaine, I think. Good morning. You're on CCO. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. I have a, an orchid that I was given about, well, it's about a year ago, and it was blooming. Of course, it was pretty. And do they ever bloom, rebloom? They will. And it's. I'm guessing it's probably a phalaenopsis or what they call a moth orchid. They usually bloom about once a year. They need a little difference between night and day temperatures. So often, to, often you'll start to see them blooming in the spring because if you haven't kept your house too hot, maybe it's by a cooler window, it's got a little bit of difference between those night and day temperatures. But yes, they will rebloom for you. I would strongly suggest going to the um, extension.umn.edu website and just looking at the, the orchids and seeing making sure that you've got you're doing everything right you know that the leaves are still nice and green um that you're giving it the nutri- the water it needs and that the uh, mulch hasn't broken down yet too much because okay. they're air plants basically mm-hmm. yep all right very good uh becky's calling in from st louis park i believe uh becky you're on cco hi becky it's betty betty oh hi betty yeah I, oh i saw enjoy your program i listen every sunday oh wonderful saturday great I, I can't do anything anymore, but I listen. And you can dream. You can dream and friend. remember. Yep. <laughs> and what I, I did you mention earlier 
that there's grant money for to plant pollinators? There, there is. It's called lawns telegums, like uh, peas and beans and stuff like that. Oh, and this is for clover, and it's only in certain counties, and there's a limited number of grants. But it's um, yep, lawns to legumes, L E G U M E S. And you can even just Google it. You can, you know, call uh, call your local master gardeners and ask them if there's grant money available, and they might be able to help you figure out how so to do Becky's it. Becky's in Hennepin County. Betty. So, Betty. Oh, Betty, that's Betty's right. Betty's in St. Louis. Yep, yep. So Hennepin County is one of those counties. Yeah. For uh, for to legumes. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yep. Yeah. And so we're Betty getting can... trained on it. Excellent. Next month, we're all very excited. We'll have to talk okay, more about I'm that. I'm very excited about it. Right. Maybe the other people aren't. I'm very excited about it. All right, let's see who else is on the phone. Uh, Dick is calling from Newmarket, I believe. Dick, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Dick. Yeah, yeah good morning. Say, I have two apple trees, northern Minnesota. One is a Honeycrisp, one is a Zestar. Mm-hmm. I, they were good pollinators. I lost a Honeycrisp last fall. Oh. I'm just wondering what. Should I put another Zestar in? No, not another Zestar. You need something different. You 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 want something that'll be blooming about the same time as your Zestar. Um, unless you live in a neighborhood that has a lot of crab apples or other apple trees, then you'd be okay not to. Now you, then you could do two Zestars. Otherwise, um, plant another apple tree and and figure out what time what time if you have an early um, blooming apple or a later blooming apple because I'm not sure of all the different times. Um, and just plant that tree, and that because you have to have two different kinds of apples two to different cross kinds. pollinate. Yep. Okay, there yep. you go, Dick. All right, uh, Jeff is calling from Eden Prairie uh, this morning. Jeff, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, good morning, everybody. I have a question about my sugar maples. When's the best time to prune those? I have a bunch of lower branches that are just kind of going all over the yep. place. You can go ahead and do that now. Um, you can do it now. If you wait too long, you're going to be going into the tapping season when the sap is rising. And then it's not a problem, but the tree bleeds and it makes you feel really bad and it looks yucky. So then you feel like you're killing your tree. So either do it now or do it after the tapping season. All right. Let's see. Let's go back to the text line. Uh, here's one that says, I have two French lilac bushes that are six by six uh, feet. I need to move them to a new location. Can I cut them back to two by two when trans- transplanting them? When's the best time to do this? Go ahead and, and prune them back anytime. Now it's a good time to do that. And then um, what I would do is try to get as much of the root ball as you possibly can. Have the other location ready um, because you're not going to see any more flowers for like two to three years now because you've cut everything back and it's so traumatic for the plant. Um, and dig up the roots. Try to disturb them as little as possible. Get them into the into the new location. Add a lot of compost. Remember to fill the hole up first with water, then put in the um, the the our link the lilacs, um, backfill with your compost and soil mixture, um, give it another really good drink of water and just baby it for three to five years, and then you'll start seeing it come back. It'll it'll put up a lot of growth. It just won't bloom for you because you're cutting off all the flowers. Here, Teresa, is another lawn question. How do I change a weak lawn with Creeping Charlie to a bee-friendly area? What ground cover type of plants should be used? Okay, so then you're looking at clover and self-heal. If it's full sun, you can use the Creeping Times. Um, if you want some um, special colors and not going to walk on it, you could put in patches of Creeping Phloxes. So you're looking just for low low, flo- low, gra- low um, plants. Um, add some ornamental grasses that get a little taller, and, and they could give you some um, interest in the lawn. Otherwise, just keep it all to the really low, um, the low-growing plants. Okay. And again, go to the website, and they'll have some really good information on that. All right. 
I have. Texas has two tropical hibiscus that I brought in over the winter. What do I do with them now? Should I cut them back? They've been producing leaves throughout the winter. If you, you know, you don't have to cut your plants back. You only have to cut your plants back if they're getting too big for the area or if you, um, or if they're like dead or something, you want to cut back the dead stuff or if they're getting tall and lanky. So if you want to prune it back, you can go ahead and prune it back now. Um, Just keep watering it as you've done before with any of the plants you've brought in from outside and actually any of your house plants. Do be checking for pests. Um, you know, like the the spider mites and and things like that. You want to make sure you don't get any of those. Um, Go ahead and do that. But, yeah, you can go ahead and prune it. If your house plants are flowering, you can be fertilizing them. If they're not flowering, then you don't fertilize them. Not sure if there's an answer here. Maybe you you have an idea. But the texter says this, can you discuss a new single-application lawn fertilizer for lawns? My lawn care company is promoting this to reduce environmental impact with less nitrogen loss. It is supposed to deliver nutrients for six months. I have not heard of it. Okay, so so what it sounds like they're trying to do, and they're trying to, you can buy like, Os, that a name is Osmocote, and that's a time-release fertilizer for your lawn, for your gardens and your house plants. What what they sounds like they've done is they've pellet, pelletized it with time-release, so it's going to release a little bit over a long period of time. So it sounds, I mean, it's perfectly makes sense, kind of, sort of, unless your lawn gets inundated and you have a lot of flooding, then all that stuff's going to wash off. I don't know how quickly it will get into the soil because uh, the pellets usually sit on top of the soil, so I don't know how you can work that into the soil. So they're just going to sit on top of the soil. So I, it sounds like a good idea. I'm not sure how it works. I don't personally know anything about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, the best fertilizer is just good, healthy, com- little compost. Um, leave your la- leaf clippings on. Okay. Yeah. Somebody sure likes... Or the easiest like, fertilizer. I shouldn't say the best. The easiest. The okay. Mardigan Lily. Is the Mardigan Lily resistant to deer and rabbits? <sighs> I don't know. Okay. I honestly don't know. And knowing deer and rabbits, I'd say no. I've had Mardigans. The rabbits have never bothered them in my yard. I don't have a deer issue. I live too close to, to downtown, so there's no deer issue. But I do have bunnies. They make, they make their paths in my yard right now. <laughs> Yeah, but I haven't noticed them nibbling on the Mardigans. My, you have to help me with the Anthurium. Anthurium? Has mm-hmm. not bloomed for many months. Could I provide any nutrients to encourage it to bloom again? Nothing has changed. Soil, lighting, water. Uh, uh, thank you for your insight. Okay, if it's if it's not, um, doesn't seem root-bound, you could give it a light fertilizer. Um, if your houseplants are nice and healthy and they're normally only going to bloom a few times, and I said don't fertilize them unless they're blooming, but that's for the plants that you bring in. Your regular houseplants, you want to do a half or a quarter strength fertilizer, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. as usual, we have so many uh, text messages we're never going to get to, uh, and uh, we may have to carry over some uh, f- for next year. What is the, uh, for next, next year? year. <laughs> next week. Sorry, you guys, you can't get your answers till next year. What is the lifespan of an oak leaf sorbus? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know the lifespan. But you did say you can trim any type of maple right now. You can trim any, you can trim any of your trees right now. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, and if you're trimming your lilacs and things, you're cutting off flowers. Just know that. Texas says, I do not know the different kinds of evergreens. I have short and long needle ones. The deer have camped out in our yard during the night this year. We've lived here 23 years, and this is all new for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have eaten the long needles as far as they can reach. Are those branches ruined? Probably. 
Uh, most of those will not have growing points. So I would just see what happens in the spring. Um, and if the branches don't um, don't bud out quickly for you, then do go ahead and limb them up and just be prepared for next year's deer onslaught. I think I have a little bit of that in my backyard. Oh, Maybe no. Maybe more than a little bit. <laughs> well, you, you know, we have a huge deer population, and so there's a lot of pressure. And we have all of our lawns, we have all this these areas where the wolves can't go to take out the deer. So it's protected. Yep. And we're protected by the clock because it oh, says no. we're almost done. Okay. So let's let's again give that the university website. Extension.umn.edu and Lost Master Gardeners are doing um, part plant days. So look around for classes and things. And you might be at the home show too. And I'm right? at the home show on Friday Coming doing up. something. Yep. All right, good. Teresa, always good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you so much for the help. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on CSU. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.